Do you got to pee? You know, actually, now that we've started the podcast, I feel like I might step away for just a second and just take a little quick tinkle. You know, just kind of shake it out. <laughs> I played it up because you know I started. <laughs> I know, exactly. I saw the recording. I saw I saw the little thing pop. Dude, the countdown for this is so jacked. It said six, oh, yeah. seven, six, three, and then it started. <laughs> it's always so bad. I know. <laughs> What's up, guys? I am Justin. And I'm Jordan. And welcome to another video game podcast. Where different gamers talk about different games. Yeah, today's going to be kind of a unique episode. We're talking about a really great game that I think everyone else out there is going to love. But you may have heard some laughter in the background there during that intro. Today we have our new friend, Green Phantom 69 or as we call him, Caleb. Caleb, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, bud. Man, you've been a you've been a joy to play Sea of Thieves with, and I'm I'm glad we could have you on as a guest. This is very exciting, especially because did we mention what game we're we're talking about yet? We'll get this, there in a second. Okay, okay. But the game I've never played it. I've never played it. In fact, I confused it when we when Justin initially brought this <laughs> up. Yeah, I confused the game for another game. I confused it for Shadow of Mordor. That's what I thought that we were doing an episode on until I went to go do a bit of research and I, I was like, I've never fucking played this game. I have no idea what it is. Yeah, we're well now people want to know. We're we're talking about The Witcher Three today. And now people are gonna be like blasphemy. Blasphemy. <laughs> Get yeah. confused as Shadow of Mordor. <laughs> I was gonna say, are we I mean, I would like to talk just a little bit about all all three games. I've never played them, but I saw a lot of really really cool like videos and information just really about all three games about the start of cd project red like how like this game literally brought them to fame and made them a profitable company like it was crazy i i had no idea how big this game was i had none Oh, yeah, it's a huge game. But real quick, before we do get into the game, so just for everyone to know, Green Phantom 69, a.k.a. Caleb, is a streamer. And uh, so, Caleb, why don't you go ahead and tell everyone where they can find you if they like you? And if they don't, then where can they blast you at? Well, if uh, you like me, you can go follow me on Facebook, twi uh, Twitch, and YouTube. Uh, I prefer Facebook. Uh, a lot of my community usually tends to be on Facebook, and so that's where a lot of them like to hang out and chill. Uh, Twitch is another one that people like to hang out and chill at. YouTube really isn't taking off all that much, so either of those two is great. Uh, if, if you hate me, uh, go to YouTube. Uh, and you can blast me on there because I'll never see it. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. There you go. That's great. <laughs> uh, so getting into The Witcher 3. So yeah, The Witcher 3 is obviously the third Witcher game. Mind-blowing. By the way, this obviously, whenever we talk about story games, I should, I'm going to still say at the beginning, this will contain spoilers. Um, just because story games, it's really hard to avoid them. And even if we don't spoil anything, I want to say it up top. So if you have never played it, just know it's a really good game and click away. Uh, but, um, or don't. But uh, like it first. Uh, but uh, we so it's it's part of a three part series, and it's 
the jump from one to two is normal. The jump from two to three is immaculate in terms of the amount of detail they put into it. CD Projekt Red, the makers of Cyberpunk 2077, which everyone's heard of at this point, um, uh, this was their baby. This was their claim to fame. And yeah, so, if I if I may jump in here, dude. No, the, <laughs> I'm not allowed. Not allowed. <laughs> the amount of lore. And the amount of just a backstory that goes along with The Witcher was mind-blowing. I had no fucking clue. I had no clue whatsoever. So, like, it for those who don't know, the it started because a writer in, like, Poland or some shit like that submitted a short story to a magazine in, like, 1970 or some crazy old shit like that. And then... He only got, like, third in this writing competition, but then he continued to write and wrote, like, a ton of books, a ton of books, um, just, like, about the Witcher series in general and about, what's the main character's name? Like, like Gerald or something like that? Like, what's Jared. Jared. Jared? Okay. No, it's uh, Geralt. Oh, Geralt. Geralt? Geralt okay. of Rivia. Yes, yes, Geralt. Um, and, like, he has this whole story... And, like, this huge, this huge adventure Real arc. quick, were you about to just accept me saying Jared and be yeah. like, yeah, it's Jared? And I had no idea. I, <laughs> that goes to show you how much I actually know about this game. I'm talking <laughs> out of my ass right now. Um, but, yeah, like, so this writer wrote all these books. Um, they got really popular. Um, and he was looking to, like, expand it into a new medium, right, in, in like, the Polish market. And these two guys who basically what happened was like, I think it was like communism left Poland and capitalism was starting to take over. And these two guys ran a like, I don't want to call it an arcade. I don't want to call it a video game store. It's like somewhere in the middle there where they were like selling games and they were also allowing people to play the games. GameStop. It was essentially like a, a European version of GameStop. Like, it was crazy. Um, and that was like the start of CD Projekt Red. What happened was they found this story and they loved it. And they were looking to expand their business as capitalism was on the rise in their country. And they literally started making this game. And they they wanted a way to like introduce this this fantasy land and all this lore and this whole series and this whole like world where like people like me who have no clue what's going on could just jump in. And so they created like an amnesia story where Geralt like lost his memory and had no idea of any of his past events, right? Like you're shaking your head, Justin. What's going on? Um, you called him Gerald, and that's what made me shake my head. I'm going to, on the YouTube video, I won't do this because I'm too lazy, but I like to imagine there's a counter of every time you're going to call him Gerald. Isn't that his, you just said that's his name. Gerald. Oh, Gerald. Okay. Hard G. Hard G. I'm going to do that so many times, man. I'm going to do that so many times. But there's this huge, like, world, and it was the start of CD Projekt Red, and they basically, like, had they like borrowed another game that was already in existence for witcher one and like used that game's basis to like create the witcher world and it was it was insane and it was such an interesting story it's like an hour-long youtube video go and find it it's like the history of the witcher super interesting 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, so I played it a ton. Um, and Caleb, you played it, right? Oh, yeah. I've played all three of them. I didn't beat the first one because the first one, if anyone has played the first one, uh, it is very, very difficult to play. Uh, let me tell you. It's I messy. mean, it was the beginning of CD Projekt Red. They are just getting their bearings. But the combat was very, very difficult to get a hold of. Um, the story was very slow. So I eventually just kind of took a break from it, and I never went back to it, sadly. Uh, the Witcher 2, though, I beat that many times. Um, and Witcher 2 was a very phenomenal game, even though it was very overshadowed. Um, it was a very great game, and I re- highly recommend people play that game and then play Witcher 3, because Witcher 3 is amazing and immaculate i would say probably one of the best rpgs of all time i'd go farther and say it's one of the best video games of all time um whoa yeah you're throwing out bombs oh wow the thing is i I say that though and i don't think a lot of people would argue with me that have actually played i would agree i would actually agree with that wow really i'm missing out then people would people would not argue with me about it it's it's such a you it's a game has never been so big and so perfect. It, it, it nails all the focal points that it tries to make. It nails it in in every single one of them. And it's there's no big game that nails it. Skyrim doesn't nail everything it does. You know, Mass Effect doesn't nail everything it does. But Witcher 3 nails it every time. Like, sure, there's bugs. There's always bugs in every big game. That's to be expected. But they, they, they oh my God, I can't, I can't even get begin to start like explaining how perfect the game is. In, in the what they set out to do, they did. It wasn't a situation like Cyberpunk where a lot of promises were made. Some people they were filled, some people they weren't. It wasn't controversial. It was all well all around. Like people loved it. I don't know anyone that's played it and didn't love it. My wife hasn't beaten it. She doesn't. She's not a hardcore gamer. She's a little bit more casual, and she still loves it. Um, let, let, let's get into some of the questions so we can kind of streamline this a little bit more. Well, I wanted to point out real quick before we do that. So, like, just a little bit more about the history. So, like, the Witcher One was again. It was essentially like a port from another game. They took an already existing game and they just basically changed it so that it would fit the Witcher story. Witchers 2 or Witchers Witcher 2 was like the same it was the same engine and it was a lot of the same things that they did in the Witcher 1 and they just tried to improve upon it. But then the Witcher 3 CD Project Red had enough money to finally create their own engine, which is why you see such a huge jump from two to three, because they were able to create what was called the red engine. And it allowed all the creators and all the artists to like, if they needed something in the game for the game to look or feel right, they could just walk down to the programmer's office, like, like right around the corner and just have them write a code for whatever they needed to have happen. And that's why it was such a huge jump from two to three. And I remember watching the video and I was like, this is mind blowing. I mean, the graphics were are still good. When did that game come out? I mean, it, it came out a 2015. while ago. 2015. We're in 2021, six years ago. 
and I was I still thought that those graphics were damn good. That's actually one of my questions here is like, does it hold up today? And I think that that's a question for both graphically speaking and gameplay speaking. We'll get more into what the gameplay is about in a minute, but graphically, it absolutely does. It's still one of the most beautiful games I've ever played. So one of the most beautiful games I can play today. Uh, it's especially like the skyline, the sunset. Oh my gosh, the sunset. The sunset is gorgeous. Like the foliage and the the, the tree, it, the world itself is crafted so well. What what really blows my mind as well is the cities. And and uh, Caleb will know what I'm talking about with this. Um, the cities themselves are so big or small. It, they could be small villages or huge cities, but they're like to scale with how big a city would have been in the medieval times and they're so lived in that one of the amazing uh, we watched a video uh me and caleb did before we recorded this podcast um and uh one of the main points they pointed out was in the game Geralt's just a guy he's not the guy if Geralt died and the world of the witcher lived on the world would still be there it's not like the world revolved around him people would still be doing things things would still happen it's not like Skyrim where everything hinges on you. Everyone's day-to-day life relies on you. It's not like that at all. You feel like a part of a realistic world. That's weird to say for a fantasy game, but the fantasy itself, even though it's a fantasy game, it's a realistic fantasy game in the both the story and the world itself. And like go ahead. Yeah, I was say Caleb hop in here. I mean, you played the game too. Does it still hold up? I mean, what are the pros and cons against it? You know? Yeah, Jordan and I are very talky people, and we're we're pretty assertive about it. So yeah, yeah. Jump you're just going to have to hop just, in. You're just going to have to hop off. in. You're going to have to cut us off. All right, I'm hopping in. All right. So, you know, like he, like uh, Justin said about the world being lived in and how it holds up today, it very much still holds up today. And even if you look up YouTube videos about it uh, or watch gameplay on YouTube, like it doesn't even like you don't even feel like you're making a true connection with the game like you have no idea the amount of attention to detail that goes into the this game particularly like um for example uh if you look at the difference just between like the foliage uh from Witcher 2 and Witcher 3 like you you'd be amazed like Witcher 2 still looks good today like I'm not even going to lie Witcher 2 still looks good today but if you look at Witcher 3 and the massive jump that was like you'd be amazed and it still holds up today and I uh highly recommend you install it and if you have the like the graphics card to run it in 2K or even 4K I highly recommend that because like I said YouTube you know, you're watching it on 1080p, and you just don't even understand. Like, even on the 1080p quality on YouTube is not very good. You you play it, you actually play it, and you see how smooth and streamlined it is compared to the previous two games. If you played them, it is night and day difference. I mean, it is insane how much work they put into this and the lore that went into it. Uh, like I like uh, Jordan said, it was based on a book. Um, now, I mean, you could go off and say, well, it has nothing like the book and the game are completely different. And we'll go into that later when we talk about the Netflix stuff. But, um, I mean, the, the book and the game are different, but in the sense, it still has that core value of the lore 
to to a certain extent to build the world and like uh justin said earlier where you know Geralt isn't the guy and he could die and it would all it would all everything would still continue and the cities are lived in so well like you can literally walk in to almost every single door that you see and you know people praise red dead redemption 2 for that like oh wow you can look into all this stuff and loot all this stuff Witcher 3 did it first. I remember when I first played Witcher 3 and I was like, holy shit, I can actually go inside this person's home and like search through all their drawers and get whatever I want out of there. And, you know, people play, praise Red Dead 2 for that. And I'm like, Witcher 3 did it first. And I, I just, I cannot explain this enough. Like, you guys need to play it if you have not played it. The I kind of want to get into... Now you guys have an idea of obviously our opinions about it. Um, Jordan needs to get one, uh, and uh, <laughs> um, I want to get into the story. We'll go. We'll kind of go into in a branch of like the story. We'll do questions revolving around that. We'll go into uh, the gameplay after that, and then I think we'll probably end off on the the comparison to the Netflix series, which we'll touch upon. But the story you play is a guy named Geralt. Geralt is what is called a Witcher. Hence the name. A Witcher, he's not the only Witcher, despite it being called the Witcher. Um, He's the most famous one, arguably. But a Witcher is someone that, as a child, they were bred to be a monster hunter. And they do this by uh, rigorous training and, to some opinions, depending on how you look on it, a certain degree of torture. The torture being they cause a chemical imbalance in you to turn you into a mutant. You have you get heightened in what was it like seven kids that were Geralt's age went into it and only Geralt came out. Yeah, yeah, and then like one of the stories they like somebody stole like all those chemicals that they used to like make the Witchers. Oh man, it just seems so interesting. Like normally, normally I don't care about RPGs. I'm gonna be honest with you. I. I I, if I don't have a gun in my hands and I'm not in first person, I'm like, why the fuck am I playing this game? But, I, dude, I I, I want to play it, which I think really should say something. You'd love it. I really think you'd like it. So, like, the the story you play is Geralt. Um, and we're mainly going to be talking about The Witcher 3 because I feel like that's one of the most people have played. I mean, the numbers just show it's one of the most people have played. That's the first one I played. First of all, you don't have to play the other two to play the third. Yeah, it 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 like there are obviously some key elements of the story that help, but you don't have to. I didn't, and I still thoroughly love the game, and I understood everything that was going on. Here's where I say it's a realistic fantasy world. Yes, there's like magic and elves and stuff like that, but the story isn't about gods and the way that uh, you know Geralt got his powers, which include a little bit a little bit of magic, very heightened reflexes, stuff like that. It's not through like some higher being; it's through chemistry and biology. And the the stories, some of the bigger plot points, are about politics. They don't have to do with, you know, some end of the world type stuff. Granted, there's there's a lot of mythology in it. Like I said, it is a fantasy game, but everything seems more real. The problems are real. The solutions are real to the choices that you make. You can make every right choice in your opinion. And people will still suffer. There's no like rainbow over the world, happy ending, everyone's okay. Every choice you make will lead to someone living or someone dying or someone suffering. 
I found that incredibly interesting because like the fact that a game where I think they even said in the Witcher one, this was somewhat in there where like you made choices in that game and you would get different endings. You would get different factions liking you, different factions hating you. I found that extremely interesting and very intriguing. And that just goes to show the amount of depth and work that they put into the game, Caleb. And, um, Going off of what uh, Justin was saying about you can make every right uh, right decision in your opinion and somebody still suffers, a great comparison uh, is look at CD Projekt Red with uh, Cyberpunk 2077 and then look at Witcher 3 and look at the comparison between your decision making in that game. And Cyberpunk 2077 your decisions don't mean shit, to just be completely you honest. You make one choice at the end, and someone dies no matter what. Yeah, and, and that's it. Yeah, and that's it. And and so, like, with Witcher 3, you can replay that game many, many times, and you can get different endings. You can get different uh, endings to just quest in general. Like, I mean, just different sorts of uh, endings. Like, for example... One of the most famous things in the Witcher series that most people have played because, uh, you know, it's towards the beginning of the game with the Red Baron. And you're the Bloody Baron, yes. Yeah, yeah, the Bloody Baron. You're, you're set on this quest to go find his wife that went missing and his daughter. And at first you're just like, you know, you're, 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 you're told from this perspective of his story and you're like, okay, they went missing. Well, as you're investigating... You're like, hmm, something's not right here. And you find out that the Bloody Baron is actually quite a dick and would he's beat a, he, his wife. He's an abusive alcoholic. Yeah, he's an abusive alcoholic. And so you're like, okay, well, then you're as you go off into the world to go look for his wife and his daughter, uh, you eventually do come across his wife. And you can make uh, a decision in that game where you can find out... Um, you can go um, to the bottom of this like little shed where these witches are, and you can pick the correct choice in your opinion. We, we can spoil choice. it. Like we did a spoiler warning at the beginning of this, so like I'll I'll kind of like backtrack a little bit, just kind of we'll get a little bit more in there if that's okay with you. Okay. Um, yeah. So go ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay. Uh, so like you know you choose like you know the this uh, doll right and. Uh, with a certain pet, like a, I think it was like a flower petal, like a flower, a certain flower on it, because the mother is turning into this monster, like a water hag, and so to change her back into a human, you got to choose the correct uh, item to change her back. Got, well, you got you to gotta backtrack a little bit because basically you you find that this the mother has been taken captive by these witches and is in charge of. Uh, they put the mother in charge of raising what's basically an orphanage in the middle of nowhere. And the witches have a specific goal. They are breeding these kids to eat them, like Hansel and Gretel style. Um, and the Bloody Baron's wife is tasked with keeping an eye on the children. You do find out that there was a there are three sister witches that are doing this. You do find out that there is a fourth sister witch that was imprisoned in, this sounds going to sound crazy if you've never played the game. Imprisoned into a tree. And go ahead and tell them about the, the choice you have to make and what both sides do. I just want to jump in real quick and say, oh, man, I I, I get it. I love the taste of children, too. 
out of context, that's even worse. I know, right? <laughs> but like, so yeah, when you go to this tree, uh, the witches, you know, they give you tasks to do. And, you know, at first, you know, Geralt's like, okay, fine, I'll do it just to free um, this woman. And so you go to this tree and you're giving you're given two choices. Either A, you can kill the spirit in the tree and, you know, uh, that leads to a certain choice, which I'll get into later. And then B, you can free the spirit, which then possesses a horse. So if you choose to kill the spirit, but why why would you free the spirit? What does it offer to do? If you free the spirit, it says it'll free the children. It'll save the children. So which will Boo. come into play? Which will come into play? So if you set the spirit free, and you have the children get set free and saved, the witches punish the wife of the bloody baron by turning her into a hag and so you get there whenever she's about to turn while she's turning and you're there with the bloody baron and then the daughter uh shows up with like these um cultists basically they're basically cultists they hate uh witches basically like they they hate witches elves and anything to do with the magic it's uh, a superiority race it's a superiority group Basically, yes. So they show up, and you guys team up to fight off like hordes of, you know, uh, sorts of shit like drowners and fiends and stuff. Anyway, so then after you're done doing that, then you're tasked with, well, how do you change your back? Well, you go inside the sh- uh, the shed, and you have to choose the correct uh, item to change your back. Well, if you choose the correct item, you change your back, but she dies anyway. And so you think you're doing everything right. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm doing everything right. Well, in a sense, you are because the world is very gray. And so since she dies anyway, but she turns back into a human, she gets that that final chance to reconnect with her husband and her daughter before she passes. And so it's kind of like a bittersweet moment where you're like, oh, okay, so I guess this is the correct path. And then later on... At the very end of the quest, the Bloody Baron becomes so depressed that he hangs himself. And you're like, holy shit. Like, it is the most gray, bleak uh, world to be in. But it's it's so real. That's what makes it real. Because it's real. It's like so real life. It's so believable. And if, like, you, if you kill the spirit, then the wife is, the wife is left human. But she's so scarred by, from losing. Because the, the children are gone now. The children have been eaten, and so. But the uh, the wife is so scarred by it that she's so mentally unstable, and she and she just she's gone insane. And the bloody baron gets her back, but like it's literally like the the choice is so obvious at face value of like, oh, do I save the kids or do I not save? Of course, I'm going to save the kids if you're playing a good guy. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to save these kids, but then you realize like, oh, there's a lot of repercussions that are happening and they're realistic repercussions. And that's, that's, that's the beauty of the game. That's the beauty of it. There's no right or wrong. It is an entirely gray story. And that happened. There are many, many, many plot threads that are because of that happened because of this. One of the things that 
I learned about the game and that they really, really wanted to focus on in The Witcher 3 was they wanted to get away from things that happen in like Mass Effect or Skyrim where you'll go on a side quest and you'll wonder like, why am I doing this? Or like, I've already done this quest. I know exactly what I'm doing. What I really appreciate is that they took the time and the energy and the effort to make every quest worth your while, side quest or main quest. Like they really, really wanted to make sure that it was worth it, which that is hard. That takes a lot of work, a lot of writing, a lot of artists, a lot of coding. I mean, that's really impressive. And I think this goes to show because like, Justin, we've talked about this in previous episodes you don't you don't take a cake out of the oven before it's done cooking, right? Like they delayed this game twice, I think I heard, like two separate times they delayed it because they were like no, it's not perfect. Which the, apparently they didn't learn their lesson because Cyberpunk was released anyways and it was a shit show, but that, that just was after like four delays. But they should have kept going, you know? Like if the game's not perfect, don't release it. Don't. Like you're going to get sued. It's going to have bad ratings. You're going to lose out on money. Like, who doesn't love money? You hear that? EA, Bethesda, and Ubisoft? Yeah, I know you're listening out there. Dude, you left out Activision. I mean, Cold War is an unfinished game. Like, oh, yeah. The graphics are terrible. It looks like... I feel like I'm playing on a PS3 when I play Cold War. Cold, Cold War. I was... Less intrigued by your stutter than more intrigued by the stroke you had right afterwards. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm working on it. I'm going to a doctor. He says I need to stop drinking and stop, you know, pretty much everything I'm doing. But we'll see. It's such a good game. Like it, the but the overarching story is Geralt has an adopted daughter uh, who he, you know, uh, named Siri. And Siri has these powers that uh, make her sought after by this evil group. And the entire game is you just going through little breadcrumb trails trying to find her. And that's the and that leads to the killing of a king, maybe if you choose to, and the witches and like so many uh, like other things. And it's oh, just it, it's such a vast game, and you, I, there there were times where I'm just like where I'm like so enthralled by this little part, this chapter of the game, and I just think to myself like, oh, what am I doing after? Oh, I gotta find Siri. That's right, my daughter. Okay, where am I going? Because <laughs> I'm like so enthralled by the characters, and the people act like people too. This is the I just want to point out that this is the one moment where it might feel better to have an Android than an iPhone. No? What? Anyone? Siri? Literally, oh. if, I, if I say those words, my phone will flip the fuck out. It will have a seizure and listen to everything I say for the next hour. I'll even it out. Hey, Google. <laughs> uh, just a little work humor for you, Caleb. Don't worry about it. Yeah, uh, no. But uh, what I wanted to say, though, about the overarching story was as you're following these breadcrumbs like Justin said there are so many different characters and they they're so re- like they feel so real and you actually care about them and you uh like i remember in the chapter 2 when you first get into the city and uh you're tasked with trying to find dandelion cuz dandelion was the last known person to see siri 
And so you're like, okay, I got to find Dandelion. This whole time, it, you know, it's not very action-packed. You're not really fighting a whole lot. But you're talking with a lot of people, and there's one part where you're literally in a play. And it's, like, so funny because Geralt is so cut and dry because part of the mutation process, you are uh, – you're derived of all your emotion, basically. Well – well, it's it is perceived that way. Perceived. Witchers are not praised. They have they are uh, monster hunters by trade, so they get money for taking on bounties. And a lot of people hate witchers because they see them as mutants who are you know disgusting and who should never be. Even though witchers save their butts a million times over, and that's part of like the witchers as a whole. Not only Geralt's big drive, he doesn't care about like people's opinion about him anymore. So he doesn't care about being nice at first. And so a lot of people think that witchers are devoid of all emotion. They're very dry, but they're not. They have emotion. Geralt loves. He grieves. He laughs. But yeah, he fucks he, too, apparently. He does fuck a lot. Oh, he fucks all right. <laughs> he does fuck a lot. He's a ladies' man. But, uh, I mean, but he, his, the way his voice actor comes across, he comes across so emotionless. And when you're in this play, it is the funniest thing ever because you're just delivering these lines just cut and dry. And, and then everyone's just like, boo, like booing you. And you're trying to, like, get this play back on, the, on track, you know, trying to get this, uh, this little, like, uh, creature that can uh, shapeshift. You're trying to get him to come out and uh, reveal himself to you because he knows where Dandelion is. And so you're trying to, and that's the whole point of this play is to try and get this uh, creature to reveal himself, his true form. And so you're trying to get this creature to come out. And so you're having to do all the right lines correctly. And it's so funny because Geralt is just so cut and dry. But like, and and then when you're uh, talking about the king, killing the king, trust me fucking kill him he is a, a king radovid is a horrible human being well that's one of the things is that it's another one of those gray areas there's good and bad to both sides of pretty much everything on here of of every choice that you make um and no no none of them is none of them are right everyone will have a different choice that they think is the correct choice um and uh oh gosh what was i gonna say earlier um one of my favorite thing, oh yeah, one of my favorite things about the game is the small things that you can do that you don't think you should make a choice on. For example, there in, at the very beginning of the game, you're meeting an emperor. Geralt is meeting an emperor, and Geralt doesn't give a fuck about like who's in power. He doesn't care about royalty, and you can choose like and so beforehand, someone's getting you ready, and it's very proper. Like when you meet the king, you must bow. You must bow with your like left foot forward and right hand back, or something like that. And you can choose to either do it the wrong way, do it, or just not do it at all. Just be like, "What's up, king? I'm not going to bow to you." Um, and just like small choices like that that are really fun and help you develop uh, Geralt's character. Um, and uh, there was a uh, – uh, they, they all, uh, some of the choices really deceive you in thinking like – because like I'm a gamer and like, oh, I should know that this works. For example, there's a power that you can level up in the game that's literally a Jedi mind trick 
where you just be like, there's another droid you're looking for. And then they'll be like, there's another droid you're looking for. Like, you can do that kind of stuff and you have to level it up. But it's it's magic. And I remember one time I was in, – in every situation before that, I was like, oh, whenever I get this option, it's clearly the right one to do. Because, like, that's the way it works in games. You level up your charisma skill or whatever. That's clearly the right one to do, and that's the easiest one to do. I remember I was in a room filled with people, and two guards tried to stop me, and I did it because I was like, this is clearly the right answer. And then everyone else around was like, what the f- he's using magic, get him! And, I, and like the companion you're with is like, why are you using magic in a packed place like this? And I'm just like, oh god, this was a bad choice. And I started fighting everyone, and I'm like, oh god! Yeah, and it also happens in the uh, the bar scene, too, towards the beginning of the game, where like a bunch of ruffians are trying to uh, fight you just simply because you're a witcher. And uh, what happens was, is you're walking into the bar and these ruffians are trying to beat on this uh, uh, barmaid for having the shield of Tamaria uh, above uh, her um, her barkeep. And uh, it's like if, if you were in the deep south and you and the bar had a pride flag. Yeah, exactly. So like you know it because um, uh, if if you're getting into the politics of the uh, Witcher Three world. Um, the Emperor of Nilfgaard, the Nilfgaardians, have taken over that region, and it used to belong to Tamaria. And while well, she keeps the Tamarian uh, shield still above her barkeep, well, these two, these three ruffians are obviously pissed off about it, and they're telling her to take it down and beating, trying to beat her up. And well, you intervene, being the you know Geralt, Geralt being Geralt, he's like you know I gotta be the ladies' man here. And, uh, and it tries to intervene, and um, uh, so, you know, you get the choice of using the, I think it's called Axie is the sign. You yep. use the Axie sign and uh, on one of the guys outside, and the other two are like, he's using magic, kick his ass. And so then you're just like, oh, that was not the correct choice. <laughs> so yeah, That opening scene is actually a really good example of, like, the how people view witchers. Like, you, you end up actually saving her in no matter what, and you kill the other guys, and you make a mess of the bar, but, like, you saved her. She was being peed up. And afterwards, because you are a witcher, you have these unnatural swordsman skills, you have this unnatural magic, when you go and she's like, are you all right? And she just she's like, get out! Get out, you freaks! Pretty much. And it's like, it's that kind of situation where, like, even it, you see in Geralt's face, the animation's so good... That he's conflicted about, it. he's almost he's hurt by it because he's like, I did, to, I tried to save you, and you're still treating me like a freak, and like it's, I keep thinking of like with the way people treat witchers, I keep thinking of Hunchback of Notre Dame, where he's just like, you are deformed, I am deformed, <laughs> um, and that's all I, it's it's. Oh. Man, it, it's such a brutal world. The Witcher is like I would not want to. I could live in Skyrim's world. I would love to be in Skyrim's world. I would never want to live in the Witcher's world. It's so brutal and dark. I just want to jump in and like, yeah, I don't know shit about the game, but I am so like enthralled right now and just sucked into what you guys are talking about. Half the time, I have no idea what you're talking about, and I want like, oh my god, I want to play this game now. I can't believe I've missed out on this game. Like, I, I feel dumb. I really do. I feel extra dumb. If you stream it, I will totally watch it. 
because I want to see your first reaction to playing this game. Like, because, like, yes. my first reaction was just like, holy shit. Because, like, I have played so many RPGs beforehand, and this game really surprised me. Like, it wowed me. I Like I said, I played Witcher 1, I played Witcher 2. I was kind of just expecting, you know, oh, yeah, you know, I'm part of the few people that have actually played these games, and I'm going to be the few people that plays Witcher 3 and enjoys it. I'm going to be, like, the cult following. And, oh, my God, this game exploded, and for good reason. I'm so glad it's finally it got the recognition it deserved because they put so much work into it. And I want you to have that experience of, like, experiencing it for the first time because it is insanely good. I mean, that, excuse me, man. Oh, that beer's coming up. Uh, next time it goes on sale, you know, I'll I'll grab it. You, you know, don't I'm need a sale, dude. No. You know the question we we're gonna ask you at the end of this course. Yeah. The question yeah. of is it worth sixty dollars? We will answer that. We're not gonna answer that now, but tell them how much it actually is right now, Caleb. I think if you go on Steam right now and look up Witcher Three, and I will do that right now, real quick. But if you look up Witcher Three, I believe it is thirty dollars, and it Ooh, that's uh, not how, bad. actually it is forty dollars. Um, yeah, forty okay. bucks. Forty dollars. Hundreds it, of hours of gameplay. Especially if you get the DLC, which we're not going to get in depth about DLC, but put in perspective, both DLCs are like ten bucks, and each one of them is big enough to be its own game. Yeah, I heard that. Especially the second DLC was absurd. Like it, it literally could have been entirely. It's it could have been like a Witcher Four. It, it could have been, and I would have been happy. And it it was insane. Which. Again, it makes me wonder, like, what happened, CD Projekt Red? Like, what happened? CD, it's What weird. happened? CD Projekt Red became the gamer's hero company. Bethesda started falling off. Ubisoft, Activision, Blizzard, EA, all of them. They started becoming these villains of predatory marketing and stuff like that. And everyone said, like, well, they're not all bad. CD Projekt Red's great. You know, Rockstar's good. Um, but, like, CD Projekt Red was, like, the hero of RPG gamers. And I don't, couldn't tell you what happened, but from what the developers have said, it was pressure from higher up. And I think that it, it just fell victim to being a big company again, like, as all of the other ones have. And it's so sad to see because a, a lot of people put their faith in CD Projekt Red. And it was, it was a shame. And, Grant, me and Caleb liked the game. Um, we played it on PC. We didn't have that many problems. We liked the game, but it's still nothing compared to The Witcher. Yeah, that's really heartbreaking to hear, man. I I still have, like, today I got this little flicker of hope in my soul for EA because I'm a huge Battlefield fan, and a whole bunch of leaks came out for Battlefield 6, and I am, oh, man, I, I just have this flicker in my soul and I hope EA doesn't just blow it out with just a snotty snot rocket just straight into my mouth. Because I want I want Battlefield back, man. And Battlefield 5 was garbage. But I'm getting off topic. I'm getting off topic, man. Um, right, now let's get into the gameplay. Uh, Caleb, help me out describe the game. I would consider it like really easy Dark Souls almost in the kind of combat that it is. Yeah, I would I would say 
is very similar to Dark Souls in the sense like you have to know what the enemy weakness is, and that's what's so cool. That like, back again to the whole realistic aspect of the game, even though it's a fantasy game, you actually get like information from killing certain enemies and their weaknesses and you look in your book and you're like okay what enemy is this and it's like okay yeah. it's a drowner what are they weak to oh they're weak to fire and then so you use igni like with which is the magic sign for fire you light them on fire and then you take out a silver sword that's another thing there's two different swords in the games, your, not in the books. Yeah, and not in the game, not in the books, but in the game, there are two different swords. There's a silver sword and a steel sword. Steel sword is for humans. Steel, uh, silver sword is for monsters. Okay, so you got to also keep that in mind. You don't want to draw the wrong sword, and you're like, "Why the fuck am I not doing any damage to it?" Well, because you're using a steel sword against. Luckily, whatever you come across, he'll automatically pull out the correct sword by default. Yeah, and Witcher Two, though, you do need to keep in mind about that, and the first Witcher. You do need to keep in mind about True. that. Uh, but uh, in Witcher 3, it's very nice how they just he just automatically pulls out the right sword. But um, so, yeah, you 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 know, you, you uh, learn these weaknesses and you learn their strengths, too. And you're like, OK, they are resistant to this and they have uh, this type of attack that can do a shit ton of damage to you if you're not careful. So you have to be on the lookout for that. And it's very much like Dark Souls in the sense that you need to parry, you need to roll and dodge, and you need to, uh, you definitely need to counter a lot. And, um, and so, like, you don't want to take on a huge group of enemies, especially human enemies, that can come up behind you without you even knowing and, you know, hit you in the back many times. So, you know, you need to be aware of your surroundings all the time, very much like Dark Souls is. It, what's with the beauty of it, especially on the harder difficulties, when you are, because uh, Geralt is a monster hunter by trade. That's what he does for a living. That was he raised up of studying monsters. So on the harder difficulties, you actually need to take that into account. And you have this book; it's a bestiary, and you you actually have to look like okay. So I've been tracking. You also track down beasts and stuff as well. Like okay, I'm tracking down this monster. So I'm going – before I go to its lair and fight it, I'm going to uh, – on the hard difficulties, it would be like I have to look up what it's weak to, what it's strong to. I have to create this potion that I coat on my sword that will help me in this battle. Um, and so real quick, I'll grab some herbs or I'll go buy them and I'll make this potion and I will – uh, you, I will give myself this effect and and like this perk for it, and you actually have to plan out your attack. Um, on the easier difficulties, you can go into sword swinging and you'll be okay. But on the higher difficulties, you have to prep. You actually have to prep like you are a monster hunter. So real quick, for my first playthrough, what do you what do you guys recommend for difficulty? Like, and I'm. I mean, I'm okay with a little bit of a challenge. Uh, right? Normal would be very good for you. Okay. All yeah. right. All right. Normal would would be fine. You can take on lesser monsters, no problem. The big boys, you might have to do a little. You have to do a little research. Um, now it's not like because you and I talked about an episode that's not out yet, um, and we talked. You talked about how you didn't. You don't want to read a whole lot when you're playing a game. You don't want to read a bunch. You don't have to like read a whole codex entry about a monster unless you want to. The history and like where they live and stuff is in the bestiary. You don't have to read that. There's literally a list that says like strengths, weaknesses. So it makes it pretty easy um, to understand. Um, and you just got to look real quick. Okay, I have the potion for that, whatever. Um, 
Real but, quick, uh, you know how, real quick, sorry, you know how I'm like the foundation and the bread and butter of this podcast and I'm not a piece of shit at all? What? Yeah, you know how I'm like the bread and butter of this podcast and like the foundation and I hold this whole ship together? <laughs> well, I'm going to go pee. I'll be right back. Keep it going, boys. Oh my god. He is not. Right. I do the editing. I do the thumbnail. I do the social media. I do the work. Jordan is here for an hour to talk. But man, now I'm the uh, asshole. Uh, okay, so I actually kind of want to get into some of these questions. And uh, do you want to start off with the first question? Oh, is the alchemy uh, build worth it? Are you talking uh, about my question? Uh, you can go with your questions first. Yeah, okay, because we're, we're reaching the tail end of this. So did you watch the Netflix series? Uh, I did, actually. Uh, I I didn't finish it. I'm on the last episode. <sighs> I just haven't gotten around to watching it. I know, it's horrible. It's, um, dude, the last ending, will, the, the last episode will kind of fuck with your head because you'll have to rewatch it. I know. But, like, uh, I definitely did watch most of the Netflix series. I think... I think I had very. I I I want to apologize, Henry Cavill. I know you're listening. I'm sorry. I thought you were gonna do bad, but you ended up being a, absolutely spectacular. He 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 nailed the voice. He nailed the look. He nailed the feel. It was great. Oh, dude! I remember. I I was in that same camp. I was like Henry Cavill of all people. You could have chose uh, Mads Milkinson. Yeah, you could have chosen so many different people. Like, uh, and and you know, I know Mads is kind of like, oh well, he just looks like him, uh, and I get that. But like, I mean, he does look like Geralt. But when Henry Cavill first came on uh, the scene and he comes out of the water and he's taking a potion, I was like, oh shit! Like this is getting like, like this is actually like Witcher. This is like legitimately the Witcher. We're talking about my Lord and Savior right now. Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. Yeah, yeah. Superman yeah. himself. I was sold when I heard him talk oh, as no. as Geralt. I was like, oh, he nailed it. And it, the the Netflix series finds a really good balance between the the books and the movies. And I can't wait to see what they do going forward. Uh, just because I, I, I think that they basically did this as a trial. Like, they, they put a lot of work into it, and it paid off. And I think in future seasons, we're going to be seeing bigger, bigger set pieces more in-depth look at what a witcher is and i'm excited for more people that didn't play the games to understand the lore and uh i also have this other question (laughs) uh man jordan's not gonna have any idea what i'm talking about until he actually plays the game hit me baby uh, i'm gonna answer it anyways no i got this one hit me tris or yennefer Video game versions. Triss or Yennefer? Don't okay. explain the question. Yep, yep. Nobody explained it. So Triss, to me, sounds like trailer trash. Like, that sounds... Like, I'm guessing that both of these are women. I have no idea, right? Triss, to me, that's like someone who lives in a trailer park and works part-time at a strip club. That's someone named Triss. I see Caleb's face right now, and he is upset. <laughs> see, what's the other one? You said you said Yennefer? See, that sounds exotic. That sounds that sounds like she flew over from Europe, you know, and she's gonna she's gonna give me a good time and we're gonna go out and have some drinks. Yeah, I'm all about that Jennifer life. <laughs> Whoa, you're 
You better not start backpedaling, boy. <laughs> so, so in the in The Witcher One, Yennefer is Geralt's love, and then in The Witcher Two, Geralt loses his memory and doesn't remember Yennefer, and well, can't even fucking find her. And Triss is the one that kind of helps him regain his memory and helps him, and he falls in love with her, and then he gets his memory back. And The Witcher Three has you choose. Um, and my first playthrough, I went with Yennefer. It was kind of the most natural one because you start off with talking to her first, and so it's kind of easy to kind of pick up there. Um, but both of them are awesome. Yennefer's a little bit more like clean hands, very proper, talks to royalty. Uh, Triss is uh, very caring about other people. Both of them are sorceresses. And Caleb, do you know what happens if you try to swoon both of them? Yeah, so uh, if you're uh, trying to be swooning me, both, if you're trying to be me, yeah, if you're trying to swoon both, so what happens is is they lure you to bed, both of them do, and you're like, oh, here we go, three way. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. We're finally getting the three way, and then they tie you to the bed, and they both dump you. <laughs> they, yeah, they they chain you to the bed, and then they each have a glass of champagne, like of wine or something, and they're just like, "Oh man, that'll teach you your le- teach you a lesson," and they leave, and you don't get either of them, and it's such a rewarding punishment for you trying to be a horn dog about it. That's awesome! Oh my god, that's amazing. See, I, now I know. Now I, you shouldn't have told me because I totally would have gone for both. I totally would. If have. it makes you feel better, you can go to a strip club and fuck as many girls as you want with zero repercussion. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's there you I, go. If I had to choose between Yennefer or Triss, if I actually had to choose between the two, and this is video game version, not book version, um, it would be Triss. Uh, I I just I relate to Triss more, and I like how compassionate she is towards other people. She's a lot more. She's a lot nicer, and she she can be a badass when she needs to be. But like with Yennefer, I don't know, dude. She comes off very cold hearted, and she just like like a naggy bitch all the time. Like all <laughs> my of the kind time. of woman, my she, kind she, of woman. So like, That's what's up. Triss is very loving and caring and wants to see everyone be okay. Triss is very much, or Yennefer is more like keeping Geralt in line, that kind of girl. And, uh, and, uh, so both of them have their, their, their bads and their goods, just like anything else in the game. Um, I personally would also choose Triss just cause she, uh, uh I think she's prettier. Um, and, uh, that's it. I'm just kidding. Uh, and I love how compassionate she is and how much she loves, uh, fighting for things. She's more of a, uh, an activist. Yeah. And, and also if you go with the route of choosing Triss over Yennefer, I always found Triss's like Triss and Geralt's ending with each other a lot more like heartwarming. Like it's like, cause with, with Triss and Geralt, they want to get away from everything. They're like, after the end of the game, they're like, we just need to leave. We need to go somewhere else and start our own thing. And, you know, Geralt, you know, being a jokester, he's like, uh, should I take up farming? I wonder how good at farming I'd be. And, you know, it's just like, it just seems like it's so much more of like a realistic encounter, like between two people who actually care about each other and who love each other. 
more so than like with Yennefer and Geralt. And, and Real I am... quick, just so I understand, because I do want to watch the Netflix series at some point. I haven't. Where does that fit into this? Is it is it its own story? Does it fit into this timeline somewhere? Is it like post Witcher three? Like what's going on in the Netflix? So series? it's it's, it's kind of its brief. own thing. It's based more on the book in terms of the story, uh, which the story and the game do not share the same story. Um, it's based more on the book, uh, but you do get to meet most of these characters. Uh, it's confusing until you get to the end. I'll tell you that. It's one of those ones that, like, I had to watch the whole series twice after the ending. There's a cool twist, and after I, after I, uh, watch it again, I understand a lot more. Um, but I did want to make a comment on your whole farming thing. So at the end of Blood and Wine, which is the second expansion, you get gifted a vineyard um, as from the 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 ruler of the place, and um, and this so The Witcher Three is the end of Geralt's story, and the end of the story is he beds down at this vineyard, and that's where he is. And depending if you choose Tris or Yennefer, they also hunker down with you. And now you're a winemaker for the that's rest of your so days. That's so heartwarming. Right? That's so heartwarming. And, what a nice so little bow. The, CD Projekt Red say that they are developing more Witcher games, but they're not going to be about Geralt. It's going to be in the Witcher universe, but Geralt's story is over. And honestly, I'm okay with that. I'm really sad to see that I won't play as Geralt again, but Geralt is... Geralt did enough. He did more than enough. And I think that he, after everything he's been through as a character, he deserves to be done. Um, yeah. That's awesome. That is phenomenal. I'm extremely interested in playing this game. Maybe after I move and I actually have a little bit of spending money, I'll grab it, you know, and give it, give it a whirl. But that brings us to our final question, boys and girls. Is the game worth $60? Yes or no? Go. How much do you think it's worth, Caleb? We talked about this a smidgen. Uh, well, I think I would pay $100 for it. Straight up. I would pay $100. That's a lot of cheddar. That's a lot of cheddar. Yep. I would pay $100 if it came with both expansions, which you can get it yep. for way cheaper than the $100 for both expansions. Um, you get hundreds upon hours, hundreds of, uh, of hours of gameplay for your first playthrough and that has nothing to do with and that's not even accounting the replayability the replayability is you can play it 10 times and get different things and real quick should i be using a controller or mouse and keyboard to play this game uh i would use the mouse and keyboard it's yeah. easier with the key bindings uh like with a controller it's, it's kind of like it's more mini menus. Yeah, it's more mini menus. You have to go through, and it's just so it's just infuriating. Like, because the thing is, like, when you're going through these mini menus, the game doesn't pause. Like, it does. It, it slows it down. It slows it down just a little bit, but it doesn't pause. So, having hotkeys for everything is a lot more useful. You just hotkey it, and bam, there you go. It's it's good to go. You already have what you need pulled out and ready to go. Absolutely. Like All right. Well, I'm yeah. going to give it a whirl. Um, I think we've reached the end of our scheduled program, and this is where we pl shamelessly plug the shit out of everything that we're doing. Oh yeah. So, this is this is how this always happens. We're going to yeah. spend like Ca ten minutes. Caleb, this is your time to fucking shine. Run through everything you're doing again. Okay. So uh, I stream on Facebook, 
uh, Twitch and YouTube. I do that all at the same time, so I multi-stream. So I, I plan on doing that three to four times a week. Uh, so, you know, just come hit me up every time, anytime, uh, personally just do it on Facebook. Uh, if you ever want to message me on Facebook, I'm responsive. Like I, you can ask Justin and Jordan, like I usually respond within 30 minutes or an hour. Like I am very responsive and I love feedback, you know, give me all the feedback you can to, cause I don't look at feedback as a bad thing. Uh, it definitely can be beneficial to me. And I mean like constructive criticism feedback. So like, you know, just if like, Hey, uh, this wasn't very good. You should try something different. Like that helps me more than like, Hey, great job. Like, yeah, that makes me feel good. But what can I do different to what on him in the comments? <laughs> yeah. Just, I, just hate on me. Just hate it. Hate it. I was going to say one more time though. What's your actual, like, what's your username, man? But my username, uh, is green phantom 69. And you know, you just look that up on Facebook. I should probably be like the sex it. number. Yeah. Like that nice, one. Nice. Nice. <laughs> you know, gotta get the nice reference, you know, and I'm pretty sure I'm like the first one that pops up on Facebook. So, you know, Go for it. Like me and follow me. Yeah. Um, so we, we've we added up a lot. Uh, this is the first time we're going to be releasing an episode since we've created. I just want to shout out. Justin's been going hard in the paint. I talk shit, but Justin, I'm very appreciative for all the work that you do. If and ever when we actually make money from this, it will not be 50-50. I guarantee you, you will get a larger cut. You put in a ton of work. No, it'll be 50-50, but you'll just have to do more. <laughs> oh, shit. Fuck, dude, I'm lazy as shit. Um, <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, we've added a lot lately. Um, literally today, the day of recording this, I created us an Instagram. Um, we also have uh, a new Facebook page. Uh, and uh, the first thing we actually did with Caleb is we streamed. We are going to be live streaming a lot more, mainly probably a lot of Sea of Thieves as of right now. Um, whenever So uh, Jordan's also going to be streaming on his channel, hopefully a little bit more. Uh, Captain Redbeard sixty nine on Facebook, hit me up. You mean ninety six? Oh yeah, sorry, I was getting fucked up because of Caleb. Captain Redbeard ninety six. <laughs> yeah, so Jordan will be streaming on Facebook. Captain Redbeard ninety six. I uh, we you can follow uh, if you want to see me stream with him. We are going to be on Twitch, uh, YouTube, and Facebook all simultaneously under our name, uh, another video game podcast. On all of our social media, uh, including Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you can follow us at AVP Casting. Uh, right as of right now, Spotify. You guys listen on Spotify. You've been killing it. We got a large. We're getting more and more followers every day. That's actually how Caleb found us. He he reached out to us because he listened to our podcast on Spotify just by searching for video game podcasts. And so, uh, yeah, if if Spotify wasn't a thing, we wouldn't be doing this right now. If you like Caleb with us, let us know. We'll have him on probably a lot more, whether you like it or not. Uh, and we're going to be streaming with him a lot more now. Um, we'll probably stream a couple times a week, hopefully. There's no streaming schedule. Don't ask me for a streaming schedule. I'm there not fucking doing a schedule. We're I have a kid. I'm moving. Either. I'm trying to get a master's degree. I'm not going to do a fucking schedule. Fuck off. No, yeah. We're, it's going to be sporadic. But uh, it'll also be posted on all of our social media whenever we are going to stream. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's all the plugs there. Uh but share this with your friends. We're we're gaining traction. We're starting to have a few people listen to us, and I'll tell you, it it, it rises. It it gets us going. You know, gets the people going. Gets the people going. 
<laughs> gets my blood pumping, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Jordan, do you have anything to add? No, but you know what? Um, I kind of want to give this one to Caleb because he fucking nailed it. You know what Justin says at the end of every podcast. No, he can't tell you that. No, you, he'll have his own send-off. That's my thing. <laughs> That's the last thing people hear. All right, fine. Justin, do it. No, I want to. Well, you guys can say your goodbyes first. All right. But, hey, thank you for listening, everybody. I really appreciate it. We love all of you guys. Yeah. Caleb, thank you so much for joining us. We're, we hope to have you on a lot more. Dude, thank you guys so much for having me. You have no idea how excited I am to be here. Like, holy shit. Can I just go off on a little tangent? When I first heard them on Spotify, I was like, these guys speak to me on a spiritual level. Like, like it was like. I can I can relate so much to these guys because I I play both RPGs and shooters and we're so yin I, and yang we're yin and yeah, yang it's yin it's yin and yang and so I was like I'm right in between these guys I I play RPGs and shooters they're right in my little bubble and so I was just like I I have to talk to them I have to know like who these guys are so I messaged them on Facebook and the rest is history and I was like and you know it made me so happy to be here and I I'm looking forward to the future. Justin finished. Send us home, baby. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you guys later. We're going to be uh, launching a new episode every week. I know we took a break last week. Uh, we were recording more episodes to bank them up. But from here on, it should be every week. Uh, but with nothing else, bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>